0: work in this nice world of corporate social responsibility, one of the things that's made us successful is knowing our client, right? So I think we need to dig in a little bit deeper and understand who our clients are and what
1: they want. Hello, and welcome to the Talent Acquisition Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Dull, and on this show, we interview today's industry leaders in talent acquisition to discuss challenges, best practices, and what the future holds. If you're working in talent acquisition and have always wanted to sit down with your peers at other companies to exchange ideas and learn, well, this show is the next best thing. Join us each week as we bring you a new expert interview and extract their expertise. This episode is brought to you by SageMark HR. Transform your recruiting practices with leading edge technology. Selecting the right recruiting solutions to enable your strategy is one of the biggest challenges leaders face today. You know technology will help, but searching all the options to find out what will work best for your specific needs can be both overwhelming and time consuming. At Sagemark HR, we make selecting the right recruiting technology easy. Our proven process has helped companies such as 3M, Comcast, Stryker, Walgreens, and many more. Reach out to us at Sagemark HR for a free consultation to learn how we can help you improve results with less stress and confidently change from reacting to leading. Hello, and welcome to another episode of TA Leaders Podcast. Today, I am meeting with Shelly Redford, who is the Vice President of TA at The Wonderful Company. Shelly, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, Ryan. Thanks for having me.
1: Great. Well, why don't we start out, and if you could just kind of introduce yourself a little bit and give some of your background, maybe kind of where you started, how you got started in recruiting, and what types of roles you've had leading up to your current role at The Wonderful Company.
0: Yeah, no, I'm happy to. So I actually started my career in social work. I was a social worker for a few years in New York. I was a child protective service worker. And a big part of that job is interviewing people. The major part of that job is interviewing people. And so I kind of burnt out a little bit in that world, as one can imagine, and decided to move to California. And I moved to San Diego and was trying to figure out what the color of my parachute was, you know, and realize that I'm really good at talking to people. I was a bartender for a long time. Time in college and after college and just kind of like natural for me. So I was like, okay, I think that's recruiting. And so I got a job at a staffing agency because I had no experience whatsoever. And glad that I did because staffing was for Volt. And staffing is just such a great way to learn process and to like really build that administrative skill set that's so important to talent acquisition. It's all smoke and mirrors, right? We just get candidates and we put them through the process and that's all we do, right? You know, so as long as our customers feel that way, but we know there's a lot that goes into it. And so staffing, and then from there, I went into in-house recruiting for a mortgage company kind of during the big mortgage boom. Didn't have a ton of in-house experience, obviously, but you kind of like fake it till you make it. And then from there, I went and worked for American Golf Corporation. And I started as a single contributor recruiter and then was promoted up into a manager role. I was there about six years, left for another in-house opportunity one of those lessons that the grass isn't always greener, but I knew I needed to move out to move up. And so I took a position for more money, more responsibility, but I wasn't passionate about the industry. And it really kind of showed me that I need to be passionate about the industries I work in. And then I started consulting for the wonderful company about seven years ago and came on board to help them to hire a team, build processes. It was a very much as like a paper pushing type of administrative department at that time. And really wanted it to become like a center of excellence for customer service for our clients, which candidates and hiring managers. And so built that and then just really fell in love with the company and the people I was hiring and was asked to come on as a senior manager and then had been promoted a couple of times since then to vice president of talent acquisition now. So that's my story.
1: Great. No, that's an interesting career path. And I like that you started out um, kind of in the staffing industry and learning Mm -hmm. process and maybe some operational elements. That's always a good place. And then kind of a mix between external and internal types of recruiting. That's a really great background. So maybe help us out and tell me a little bit more about the wonderful company, kind of a little around the business, as well as in your role today, kind of the scope of uh, services you provide, size of the team, number of hires, kind of some of those types of things to give some context.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So The Wonderful Company is a consumer products good company based in agriculture. You would know our products, uh, Fiji Water, Palm Wonderful, Wonderful Pistachios and Almonds, Halos, the list goes on and on. And so The Wonderful Company is the parent company of about 13 plus different companies in their portfolio. It's a vertically integrated organization. So we very rarely go outside of our org for any additional support. And there's several different talent acquisition teams throughout the wonderful company. We're not a centralized talent or a centralized HR, which can make things a little complicated when you want to do processes improvements, but we get through it. So I started off overseeing corporate talent um, and I had a team of about 16 and we worked for all of the businesses to support kind of shared services. So like finance, marketing, you know, things of that nature. And then the Resnicks, who are the owners of the wonderful company, they have a huge philanthropic footprint in Los Angeles and beyond. And they created a corporate social responsibility department about two years ago. And they X amount of zero zero zeros have committed to providing corporate social responsibility over the next 10 to 20 years in the Central Valley and beyond. So they wanted to build an entire team. So I moved over to that part of the business, then helping build the entire corporate social responsibility team, which makes up about seven different departments. I have a team of six right now and growing. And our whole focus is anything to do with health and wellness education and philanthropic initiatives in the Central Valley. So we probably have hired in the last two years, maybe like 500 plus people, and we're continuing to grow from there. So I now solely focus on the corporate social responsibility side of the business. Okay.
1: All right. That makes sense. So let's talk maybe about some current initiatives that you're leading currently in this challenging market and how that's going.
0: Well, I think like most corporations, we you know, had a big wake-up call this past year when it came to diversity, equity, and inclusion. So we are working on a lot of initiatives to make that more part of our hiring, selection, and onboarding process. are some, some big, you know, broad goals we're reaching for there. We're also feeling the challenges of hiring right now. A lot of people have reevaluated what they want to do, how often they want to go into work, what type of work they want to be in. So we're definitely having challenges when it comes to retention and getting people kind of through the door. And so we're looking at that right now and we're doing a deep dive with all of our leaders to figure out like, you know, how are we going to keep people and what are we going to do differently to attract and retain people after that? So that's one of our biggest challenges. And then, yeah, just the race for talent right now. I mean, it's just people are highly selective. We've got the Gen Zers that are coming up that really want to be connected to the work. So that's good for us when a corporate social responsibility, but, you know, there's challenges in that regard too. So I would say mostly retention and how do we attract and retain talent.
1: Okay, great. So let's talk now a little bit about the future. So what do you see, I guess, for the future of recruiting? You can answer this specifically at The Wonderful Company, maybe some initiatives that you see in the future or delivery model design changes that you see for the future of The Wonderful Company. And or you could take that outside to say just, you know, what do you see for the future of recruiting? How have recent events kind of impacted the way recruiting will work in the future?
0: Yeah. So the one thing I really like about the wonderful company is that at heart, we're a consumer packaged goods company. Even though I work in this nice world of corporate social responsibility, one of the things that's made us successful is knowing our client, right? So I think we need to dig in a little bit deeper and understand who our clients are and what they want. So from an operations process improvement side of the thing, like how are we being more transparent with information? How are we keeping hiring managers and interview teams in the loop? How are we having sense of urgency when it comes to hiring and things of that nature? So we're working on kind of a talent campaign right now to bring more transparency to our processes and show people like what roles and responsibilities are that everybody's recruiting, because that's where we kind of need to be right now. And then from our candidates' perspective, I think what we need to do is sooner than later, figure out why people are attracted to the wonderful company. Why are they not? Why are they turning these roles? Why are they turning roles down? And what can we be doing differently from a marketing perspective to give our customer what they're asking for to at least show them that's what we have? I mean, we're a healthy product. We do a lot with corporate social responsibility. We really can tug on the heartstrings of folks, but where are we falling short, maybe from compensation, location, flexibility, and work schedule. So these are all things that I think we need to get a much better understanding of from an insights perspective to understand how do we go out and recruit more effectively.
1: Okay. Now, those are good insights for sure. So I'm curious, most of the organizations that I work with tend to be a little bit larger in size. Most of them have gone the route of center of excellence or centralized kind of service delivery platform for talent acquisition. Some are decentralized and they find that to work. Some are kind of a hybrid where they have some things decentralized, kind of a corporate center of excellence and things. How have you found at the wonderful company, it is working more in a decentralized fashion. What are the kind of what works well and maybe what are some of the challenges that you're working hard to address?
0: Yeah, I think what works well is that all of the businesses are very different in what their needs are when it comes to recruiting to a degree. So, I mean, I think that the more kind of tactical hourly manufacturing ad work, I think that, you know, it's done well by the companies that are doing them. And then with the more maybe sophisticated recruiting, I do see a benefit in people having their own focus. I do think when it comes to building process and creating platforms that we can all work in, it's an incredible challenge. and. A lot of times we're a very entrepreneurial organization, so I can say, hey, Ryan, this is a process I use. It seems to work. You can try it, but there's no one holding anybody accountable. And then when we do roll out something where everyone's accountable, it's such a lacking muscle memory that it takes forever to get buy-in and consensus. So I think we would benefit from some level of centralization, maybe just when it comes to platform and process, and then folks can kind of modify how they do other things. So I've been pushing for centralization of talent acquisition and HR for a long time. We've been going towards that in some degrees, but like we still are really incredibly entrepreneurial. So I don't know if we'll fully get there, but I do think it's a challenge for sure to not be centralized.
1: Sure. Thanks for that. I appreciate that. Last question. You know, Part of the design of this podcast is not only to help you share your story and journey, but to add value to others, both from your journey as well as from some advice that you might share to the talent acquisition community. So what's a piece of advice that you would give other TA professionals or a couple pieces of advice?
0: Yeah. So for me, and it might seem really simple, but I think that the core at the end of the day, what talent acquisition does is provide incredible customer service. So I think that you should be considered a department of excellence that has great processes and you get jobs filled quickly and all of that good stuff. But at the end of the day, if you don't play well, you know, in the sandbox and you're not a person that like lifts people up and tries to help out or you take into consideration, what does it feel like to be that candidate that's getting rejected or, you know, thing like that? I think you really have to have a true understanding of who your customers are and your customers can't be the people that you need to make happy. Like it has to be like lateral and also, you know, comes up to who you might not consider your customer, but really is. So I think really getting an understanding of who your customers are and what your value is to them and living that value is what I think sets me apart. There are things I'm not great at as a talent acquisition leader, and I'm learning and growing all the time. But the one area that I constantly get high marks in across the board is people like my team, they trust my team, and they know that we're there and we're working as hard as we can and we have their best interests at heart and we're kind. Like, you know, even when we have to deliver bad news, we're kind. And I would rather be that than anything else at the end of the day. So I really do think it's just knowing who your customer is and providing excellent customer service and everything else will fall into place after that, I think. But I think that's the most important thing.
1: Good. No, that's a good piece of advice. And it's easy in this environment to get caught up, especially when people are maybe over capacity or like they're running reg and they have, you know, 50 jobs open that they're trying to chase and getting a lot of pressure to lose sight of the experience of all stakeholders or all customers and having that trust and communication and a positive experience for all. So I think that's a great piece of advice and a great reminder for everyone. So thank you
0: for that. You're welcome. Yeah.
1: Great. Well, Shelly, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. I think you did a great job and think it'll add a lot of value for our listeners. So appreciate you joining.
0: Thanks, Ryan. And I will share the news, the podcast with everyone I know.
1: That sounds great. We appreciate that. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Talent Acquisition Leaders Podcast. If something we said today resonated with you, please subscribe, rate, and download our podcast and share the episode with your network. Ready to transform your recruiting practices with leading-edge technology just like our other clients at 3M, Comcast, Stryker, and Walgreens? Then reach out at sagemarkhr.com for a free consultation.